2: ah no no i am not jack farmer it is monday night and you are on the wrestling inc youtube or twitch or whatever you might be doing live or if you're choosing to do the audio only version because you don't want to see us that's okay it is another wrestling inc post monday night raw podcast and we're happy you're joining us live or whenever as we hope we can start off your wonderful christmas holiday week the right way i am justin labar alongside the man who makes the show run every single day Raj Geary and a special guest we're happy to have on the panel tonight for more than 20 years, former sports entertainment referee, the one, the only Jimmy Cordero. Jimmy, uh, how are you?
1: I am doing fantastic and so glad to be joining both you guys. But Justin, it's been so long, man. It's really great to see you again.
2: It's great to see you. This is, this is like a, a great joint in my world. It's like, Jimmy, I feel like years ago, you and I got to speak every single week on a microphone. Now <laughs> I'm with Raj every single week, so we get to, we get to merge it all together. Uh, we got, you know, referee, uh, long-time uh, Wrestling Inc. Uh, journalist and, and website owner and Raj. This is going to be a fun a fun mix tonight.
0: Yeah, we'll see if we can coexist.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. You said the, the dirty C word. <laughs>
2: The dirty C word as Biggie, so eloquently uh, put it uh, as we'll get into. So we got three hours on Monday Night Raw tonight, which we'll talk about uh, as they are on the uh, quick path to day one. That's right, on New Year's Day, January 1 on Saturday, they're going to do their first ever, uh, right guys? They've never done a pay-per-view ever on New Year's, ever, ever, right?
1: Not that that I recall ever doing one on New Year's. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've missed a lot of holidays over the years, (laughs) but uh, at the same time, uh, I can't recall them ever being done on New Year's Day
0: yeah i can't recall either i think didn't wcw do something at like a, a kiss concert on new year's once
2: i feel like in the in the in the, in the dying years yes they did
0: yeah like 99 2000
2: yeah mm-hmm. like maybe somewhere uh, wrestled or, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh demon absolutely dale torborg <laughs> was uh was headlining that one
0: It uh, it,
1: so- it does sound familiar it, it really
0: does yeah yeah but yeah never a pay-per-view on new year's day and you know i think people hear new year's and think oh big holiday but really new year's
1: eve is the holiday you know new year's day is
0: kind of recovery and
1: (laughs) exactly what we're all the same page right there and also (laughs) it's like football day so it's kind of yeah maybe a little challenging to to uh, put it out there on on new year's day because there is a lot of uh football going on
2: yeah you're right there's gonna be football it's gonna be i mean the nfl schedule has been extended this year so it's gonna be down to the wire regular season games uh yeah you're right i mean it's a saturday Obviously, AEW's kind of led the way with this and WWE is now starting to adopt, which I think is a great move. I think Saturday for pay-per-views, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about getting home the next day for work or for school and, you know, stay up later as these shows go longer. So it be a lot of interesting experiments to look at with day one of how does it perform in terms of being something brand new? Are people in recovery mode wanting to watch this? Are people in recovery mode wanting to pass out? So a lot of things that we'll be looking at, of course. Uh, Raj, we'll have a post day one podcast, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll we'll piece that together. But yeah, for sure. And the one thing with day one is because, you know, now WWE, their their pay per view money is guaranteed with Peacock. So, this is the way for them to make that additional money is doing these markets where they can sell more tickets. And, and the ticket sales are more important now for these pay per views than, you know, Peacock subscriptions because they don't get any extra added revenue out of that.
2: Sure. What city are they in for day one? Atlanta. 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 Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Market there. All right. Well, uh, we'll see about that. Of course. And the so tickets
0: are doing really well. So.
2: Are they? Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, they're close to ten thousand. Right. Which is, I think, what what it's set up for. So I think yeah. they're just uh, either shy of a sellout, or they'll be hitting a sellout pretty pretty
2: quickly. Well, we'll certainly take a look at all the big stories that are going into day one. Uh, before we do that, uh, let's take a look at some news. We have got three news items: a couple on the viewership numbers, and we got one big one about a Texas rattlesnake. We'll save that one for last. Uh, Raj, I'm going to toss to you for the first one because you uh, tweeted uh, the numbers even before Wrestling Inc had got. The official story up, but tell us about SmackDown's viewership this past Friday.
0: Yeah, so SmackDown they did 2.303 million viewers, 2.3 million, um, the best since September 10th as far as the audience goes, and also they did a 0.52 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. That wasn't as impressive. It was their best rating in the demo this month, uh, but uh, not since late November. So, a really good audience. Um, the the demo is still you know, it's still good, but it's, uh, it was number one for the night on network TV. Um, and they, they didn't have as much competition. Uh, there was an NBA game on and cable, but on network TV, there wasn't much. Most of the shows were in rerun. So that, that would explain partially why SmackDown and Rampage were both up some this week, but Uh, A really good number for, for SmackDown. Uh, This is kind of the time of year when wrestling, you see a a decrease with football season heating up and, you know, you're kind of really in the thick of football season. Raw is just getting killed by Monday night football because this is, you know, really when the season gets interesting or or the most interesting. So SmackDown doing really well, uh, you know, with, especially considering that. And then Rampage was way up uh, as well. They did 571,000 viewers on TNT up 13 and a half percent from last week and then the 18 to 49 demo it did a 0.3 which was one of their best ratings in like a month and a half i believe um it's the best viewership since november 5th oh and the best key demo, demo rating since october 29th so yeah about a month and a half so the numbers were up for both shows and uh yeah, it it was uh, you know, I thought SmackDown they ended with a hot angle with with Roman and Brock, which I thought was just great. Um, Rampage, I always find it to be an easy one hour show to watch, although it wasn't really a stacked marquee uh marquee show as far as like big matchups or anything. So you've got to consider that to be a really good number considering there wasn't a really super hype match or, or segment on there.
2: Going back to SmackDown, Jimmy, you know, now it's become you know, if you're getting over two million right now for WWE's weekly shows, I mean that's that's the bar you're trying to clear. You know, once upon a time it was four million, once up then it you know it was three million, and now you know just by the way of the world and the what have it, it's two million. Did you ever think as a longtime blue brand referee that SmackDown would be the A show for all the years that it was the taped kind of Vince didn't even show up to it sometimes, and now it is the show. As yes,
1: as like you said, the guy who still owns a few of those. Blue SmackDown ref shirts. It is, you know, a lot of people don't realize as much as WWE, yes, we were a one company, but at the same time, there was that in house friendly rivalry between Raw and SmackDown. It legitimately existed. We wanted to be, excuse me, we wanted to beat them and they wanted to beat us badly. The only difference was our show was taped so therefore you know the spoilers got out there and that sort of thing and we kept you know our excuse was all the time if we were live we'd kick your butts and you know oh you guys would never be you know but but for me from a personal standpoint a pleasure to see them doing well pleasure to see rampage back numbers back up pleasure to see the business as a whole starting to pick up a little bit because contrary to popular opinion, as I like to tell people out there, people who seem to think that uh, I like to um, shill for my former employer. No, I shill for wrestling, all of wrestling, all of sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. I don't have an issue with the the term sports entertainment because I like it all. I want it all to succeed because if it succeeds then everybody in the business succeeds and I love this business still to this day.
2: Yeah. Uh, that
0: makes sense. Yeah. That's and, and, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, SmackDown going strong. I mean, it's I mean, right now the, the December numbers are up. They're looking like they're gonna be up from last year. And you know, last year obviously they were in the Thunderdome, but still year to year to be up. Um, and again, I'm just doing summary, they're down in 1849, but up in total viewers. That's you know, that's an impressive feat, especially with all the sports you got going on right now with the live crowds. It's Sports are hot again. The the NFL is the hottest it's been in a while. So, uh, yeah, it's good. And I got to think that it's going to go up even more once football season ends.
1: Yeah. And I think part of the reason why it's working is uh, you see it in the numbers. But at the same time, I think it is having its effect on Raw as well. Because if you've seen in the last few weeks of Raw, and we'll probably get to this a little bit later on as we're talking about Raw, Raw seems to have adapted a little bit of that. Formula from SmackDown as as far as presenting a lot of in-ring matches uh, and not so many vignettes and backstage and a lot of talking and so far yes we did have the talking segments but at the same time uh, they are taking a little little cues from SmackDown I think and it seems to be helping their presentation on Monday nights.
2: Well, and of course, SmackDown has the major advantage of uh, two hours. I think we all agree yes. the more the more traditional proper weekly show time uh, time allotment versus having to try to do uh three hours every single week um you know so certainly smackdown with the edge there and uh, another news story to touch on again you can read all of this on wrestlinginc.com and many more but we're just kind of giving you the the snapshot of what's going on in the headlines wrestlemania 38 coming up this spring it's going to be back in dallas texas and you can't have a wrestlemania in texas Without the Texas rattlesnake, that's right. Uh, a, a very credible uh, Twitter account, WrestleVotes, uh, putting out a tweet earlier today talking about how he's how he's hearing from uh, sources that WWE officials are very interested in having Stone Cold Steve Austin be part of WrestleMania 38, but not just as uh, you know as, as the the PR appearance, but having them be more involved, uh, somewhere critically into a storyline or uh you know a match presentation somehow not not having a not having a match but of course just being involved uh some way and building up. I mean Raj just can't really be too much of a surprise. I mean last time they were in Dallas uh, Austin had a great segment uh where he and I think it was Sean and, and Mick out there with the New Day and the 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 those Barrett's and Sheamus's for what was our group? The uh Axis Ally the Axis the
0: Axis of evil or something yeah, like that.
2: Yeah <laughs> The United Nations of evils, whatever. They right. were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you gotta. I mean, so I mean, it's, it's 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 kind of like automatic. You can't have WrestleMania in Texas without Stone Cold. But hey, this is awesome to hear that they're, uh, you know, gonna. I guess make a pitch to see if they can get him more thoroughly involved. He's my favorite of all time. I got into a big thing about this with Mark Henry and Dave Lago and Boston open last Friday. Cheap plug. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, he he's on, he, there's no, right. There's no, don't even build around Mount Rushmore. If you can't have Austin up there, uh, Raj, your gut feeling, you're, you're deep in the news trenches all the time. You have your sources, uh, you're feeling your rumblings of what you think is going to come out here.
0: I mean, I, I thought it was just a given ever since they announced that it was going to be in Dallas. You know, I, I don't see how you don't have Steve Austin there. I mean, it's, it's Dallas. It's, you know, it's Texas. You got Austin. He's already doing the, the promos for it. League of
2: nations. <laughs> Thank you, Senator.
0: Um, Just like Undertaker in the Hall of Fame, it just seems to me like that's a no brainer being the headliner this next year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, I mean, as for what he does, I could see him doing something like what The Rock did. Uh, the, that was at the WrestleMania in Dallas as well. Um, that was. He, he came and shot the. the... Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he beat Rowan in six seconds or whatever. Yeah. So I I can see Austin doing something similar to to what he did like very limited physicality but doing a segment and I, I you know any time you see Stone Cold you can't beat that.
2: Jimmy Stone Cold WrestleMania I mean in Texas you can't you can't avoid it right?
1: Uh yeah, you can't avoid it. The hamsters on the wheel for me and 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 not to spar with Labara there's a cheap plug for you, but uh I'm an Undertaker guy. Uh, nothing nothing against Stone Cold as you can tell, nothing against Stone Cold but I am an Undertaker guy, and uh, it would be nice to see him as well. But you don't want one to upstage the other, if you know what I mean. But having Stone Cold there has got my wheels uh, turning, and I'm thinking, you know, going into day one, we're going to see Brock versus Roman Reigns, and I think that's not the last time we're going to see these two together. I think it's going to culminate at WrestleMania. And what better way to have this rivalry conclude with a special guest referee None none other than the rattlesnake stone-cold ref. Yeah. I I thought I I could... Yeah, that
0: would be cool. I I was thinking maybe they have him host. You know, they like doing the hosting gimmick. Mm -hmm. But, you know, WrestleMania is two nights. So what if they did, you know, one night with Austin Mm -hmm. and then the other night, you know, typically with the Hall of Fame, uh, when they have a megastar, like with Ultimate Warrior, when he got inducted, you know, the, the following night on Raw, he did a speech Uh, What if they had the Undertaker one night finally get to do his kind of a acceptance Hall of Fame and acceptance slash kind of a farewell speech in front of the crowd? Because he did that Survivor Series in the Thunderdome. Never got to do it in front of a crowd. WrestleMania, it's two nights anyway. You can spare the time, have Undertaker doing a a farewell.
2: Well, I mean, I'm all for, you're right, right? there's two nights. I'm I'm all for separating the star power of if, in fact, Taker is the headliner for Hall of Fame, which he should be. Uh, if, You know, I'm all for separating, but I mean, I think part of, you know, the Hall of Fame is still an event where they're still selling tickets. They're still trying to get viewership. So I still think the attraction there has to be him giving a speech there. That's not to say though he can't, you know, they always bring out the Hall of Famers at Mania. That's not to say he can't come out and get that standing ovation from a stadium packed, uh, you know, and then have whatever salute by, but I, I think you still got to give the, the speech in earnest at the actual ceremony to keep the credibility of that ceremony up.
0: The odd thing is it's not on the books right now. <laughs> Like uh, for, for what they have planned that week, as far as booking arenas and everything, they got the two nights of WrestleMania. You got, you know, SmackDown on Friday. You got raw that Monday, but they don't have, um, they have not mentioned the hall of fame, at least as of yet.
2: Well, here's an interesting idea then. I mean, they, they, they kind of, they really went heavy on classes the last two years because obviously they, they, they got messed up in 2020 with the pandemic. What if, and, and what if, the only guy to be the only person inducted in, in, a, in a particular year's class is the Undertaker. What? There's there's no other there's no other character that Vince would give that honor to than Undertaker. That you are the only one that gets to be in the Hall of Fame this year.
1: That that's an amazing idea to have him as the only inductee for this year because, uh, you know, he was the locker room leader, and as everybody who will tell you, it wasn't that he appointed himself the locker room leader. The entire locker room appointed him our leader. He was the chosen one. As far as the boys go. So if there's anybody, I mean, you can make an argument for a lot of guys like uh, like a Ric Flair or somebody like that. But if there's one guy right now who can be inducted into the Hall of Fame on a solo basis as a standalone, as the guy, as the headliner, Taker is the guy.
0: He would be the first one since the first one. Right. Andre. Andre. would not Andre solo? And then the following year is when they started adding other people.
2: 96 I remember they did a big uh 96 they did a hall of fame class out of several people though but they did it before survivor series and and in, in new york city but yeah I think you might be right I think in 95 Andre was the first one to go in and he was the only so so again what I mean what an what what a class to be in uh of of history again in WWE history of Andre being the only one going in 95 and then yeah twenty. I mean, the that's...
0: only thing I would say with that is that the, you know in, in Previous years, they've had a hard time selling tickets for the Hall of Fame, whereas The Undertaker, you could probably sell tickets for that one.
2: Well, so no, if you but- are
0: going to do it, at, you know, in front of fans, that would be but- the one. So, I mean, you could do it in front of fans and he's the only one that's I don't know if you're going to. I don't know.
1: It, it, it all depends. I, again, not to try and mesh too many, too many things together, but you can either do it as a elongated segment on the SmackDown, the live SmackDown on before the first night, or you can do it on the first night.
2: Of yeah, this- right. Yeah, Raj, my, my, my idea that spawned to just have him be the only one in the class came from you saying if they right. don't have a night or arena booked, so therefore if there's actually not going to be one dedicated Hall of Fame ceremony and they can just mesh it in, like Jimmy just said, either with SmackDown or with the, one of the nights for Mania, that's the way to do it. Just make, you know, make it its own 30-minute part of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't even know if you need somebody to come out and make a speech to induct him. I, you know, I just think you can just let the bell, let the gong go, let him come out and him, give him as much time as he wants to speak. Yeah. Um yeah that'll be interesting you know and, and to jimmy's point or to jimmy's suggestion with uh with Austin as a ref i mean that would get him more involved i think what WrestleVotes votes was kind of alluding to is they i think they want to do more than just <clears throat> the kind of generic oh come out and host welcome everybody you know that wouldn't really be Austin style i think a ref though and god look at the history i mean last time Austin was a ref it was a brock lesnar match at a wrestlemania so mm-hmm.
0: if they do brock and roman and austin as a ref that's a lot of star power in there and
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh but I can't see Austin laying out Roman or Brock. I, I don't. I don't think Vince would want that yet. But
2: I mean, yeah, I don't know. Gets, gets the wheels spinning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jacks Callens four twenty saying, "Much love, guys." Labar's shirt is on fire. Hi, Jimmy. Well, Jimmy, let's do it together. Let's light them up together. Here oh, we go. It's we go. Got we go. three, on. two, one. Oh, oh, he... I jumped. Oh, you, you jumped. Ah. I jumped <laughs> there we go. They nice. There, there we go. <laughs> Got to pay the electric bill for the Christmas uh, episode. See, Austin
1: 316 says, Merry Christmas, brother.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, Jimmy's got his Austin 316 sweater. I got my hot rod, rowdy, piper sweater. And then Raj, he's rocking the Manscaped. And of course he is, because Raj is the businessman here, because we're happy to celebrate our wonderful friends at Manscaped, who have been great supporters of Wrestling Inc. and of this podcast. I'm here to tell you about more Manscaped. That's right. We are coming up on New Year's. That's right. New Year's. And we're happy to celebrate as we ring in the new year our favorite producers of ball trimmers, and that is Manscaped. The global leaders in below the waist grooming are leaving 2021 with a new product. Clean yourself into the new year with their ultra premium body wash. I've tried this, fellows. It's great. It's a wonderful product that has that great, wonderful Manscaped confidence scent. Love it. Just got it. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful product. And again, as always, because you are being here as a loyal Wrestling Inc. Uh, viewer, by using the code, code WINC20, you can get free shipping plus save 20%. That's right. Save 20% and free shipping if you go to Manscaped.com. Take a look at all the products. They have the new body wash, as I talked about, and many more. Trust the 4 million men who have already put their faith into Manscaped. 2022 on its way. The last thing going want to be is the guy with the, you know, just just not taking care of yourself. You know, who knows if you're going to get lucky on New Year's Eve? Who knows if you're going to get lucky on New Year's Day? Who knows if 2022 is just another wonderful year you're celebrating with your significant other? No matter what, laziness is not accepted, fellas. Not accepted. And so 2021, they are going to make sure you you, you take that out. You're ringing 2022, the new year the right way they have their new signature lawnmower 4.0 and it will take down every pube in its path Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth fourth generation trimmer Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It's even waterproof. Plus, this tool is amazing and has the uh, has a wonderful uh, LED light, so you make sure you got plenty of light for whatever 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 project you're trying to take care of. You, you, this, this, the, the, the Manscaped products, they're there for you. Waterproof makes it well uh, for the shower time. Uh, again, uh, Raj, I know you've been a fan uh, and a user of Manscaped a long time uh awesome. i got i got turned on to it and i'll say this whether uh, whether you need a gift for yourself you know it's always good to buy for yourself whether you're looking for a gift for your fellow man a nice little stocking stuffer or ladies if you're trying to find that right gift for your man hint hint wink wink at him, manscaped is what you do raj what's your favorite manscaped product
0: oh man I, I i i use them all i mean you got the ear and nose trimmer you got the you know obviously the lawnmower uh, all the, I, I, you, I've been using the body wash every day. Um, man, uh, the shampoo and conditioner. Uh, I mean, and, and I'm traveling the cologne, on the Wednesday. Cologne,
2: the cologne is nice.
0: The cologne is nice. And I'm traveling on Wednesday. They got the travel case with the, uh, the nail file and, and, uh, uh the, um, the, the, the nail clippers and everything. Mm-hmm. So I use it all. Uh, and I'm telling you, if you just one day you try it out. Just do everything. You feel like a new man when you're done. It, it just you just feel refreshed, clean, perfectly groomed. It's it's a great product.
2: It really is. And again, whether it's again the the, the body wash, whether it is the the, the 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 lawnmower, and and what's getting the actual manscaping done, whether it's the comfortable t shirt the Raj has on, they even have a boxer briefs. Very comfortable shaving kit. I mean, they really think of everything that the man, whether you're a man on the go or you're a man, you know, living your nine to five life, whatever, whatever your needs or goals are, they will meet them. And it's it's a quality product. It really is a quality product. Hence, why they continue to grow. Hence, why they continue to stick around and be great supporters of this podcast. And while we continue to promote them, and they're getting more business because people are finding out this is not just a oh I'm going to try it once and uh no you try it out you will become a regular user because you're going to realize I'm not finding anything better to accomplish what i need to accomplish out on the market so again go to manscaped.com look around take a look see what you need i've told you about some of the products if you want more information tweet me tweet at manscaped what have you but go to manscaped.com and whatever you decide to purchase Use the code WINC20 and you're going to save 20% and you're going to get free shipping. And this time and right now with craziness with shipping and everything like that, don't have to worry about paying any fees. Free shipping and saving 20% on the purchase of the order using the code WINC20. And we thank Manscaped very much for the support of this podcast and for what's been a wonderful 2021 and hopefully continues into a wonderful 2022.
0: Real quick, before uh, we move to Rob, we were talking about The Undertaker. Jimmy, uh, I, I know you've uh, You've been close with the Undertaker for so long. You've refereed the Undertaker's matches at WrestleMania. Uh, do you have any uh, any stories that you could relate on on this podcast tonight?
1: Oh, we're, we're oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think I've told. I don't know if I've told this on on the podcast here or, or on Wrestling Inc. But the, the the match I did referee at WrestleMania 24 between Undertaker and Edge, I was not originally scheduled for. Mm-hmm. Um, Edge and Taker decided That they wanted uh, Requested me for that match so I, I Even remember the city I was in I come into the locker room for Smackdown It was like maybe two weeks before Or whatever the case may be and And I run into Edge and hey Edge how's it going Hey Jimmy what's up can I talk to you for a minute I said yeah absolutely what's up He says uh, Taker and I have been talking we want you to Referee our match at Wrestlemania I said pardon me He said And I wasn't going to say can you guys get it done It's Taker and Edge I mean right. they, they he said, yeah, come with me. Come come talk to Taker. So, you know, he took me over. We talked to Taker and we talked to Taker and he says, yeah, we want you to be our guy. And I said, okay, I'll do my best not to let you down. He says, we know you won't. And when he said that, now the pressure's on. Now I'm thinking I better not screw this <laughs> up. But um, I will tell you, there are very, as much as I love refereeing all these great superstars I've been blessed with working with over the years, at the end of that match at WrestleMania, I was never more emotionally drained to the point where, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you, I was in tears afterwards. That's how much it meant to me. And then, uh, you know, traditionally, after the match, you go thank the, the talent, you thank Edge, uh, and Big, you know, and I went to thank Taker and I just broke down. And he says, he says, I feel you, my friend. Thank you so much. And And it just meant the world to me. Yeah.
2: If you never have... If you enjoy just that little snapshot, get jimmy's book oh. it is it is an anchor piece on my bookshelf back here, the three count wonderful book uh forward by edge in fact, but uh wow. get Jimmy's book so tells you. that tells that story in and, it and, and more get it
1: yeah, there's a lot of other stuff uh, that went on on the buses and stuff like that, but uh we'll just leave it up there
0: <laughs> <laughs> we well, we'll, we'll be having you on a lot, so yeah, <laughs> hopefully we'll get more and more stories.
2: All right, let's get into the stories being told tonight, Monday Night Raw, coming to you live from Milwaukee as we, again, are on the road to day one as we talked about, and we start out with MVP and Bobby Lashley, the Almighty, as they're coming to the ring, and uh, MVP talking about the Herculean task, the performance that Bobby Lashley had the week prior when he beat not one, not two, but three men in one single night earning his way now to this uh uh, to this world title match at day one. It's going to be a fatal four-way. And then uh, they're interrupted by Big E, and Big E says he's surprised. He's surprised that Bobby Lashley and all of his strength and impressiveness that he needs help from an MVP, that, that, he, would, that he would let an MVP uh, get in the way uh, the, the way he did the week prior. And then Lashley starts to kind of Looks like toss his MVP, uh, toss his guy under the butt. Well, you know, MVP can take you, Big E. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and do this right now. So MVP, to his surprise, is getting ready to square off with Big E. But before that can happen, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins jump the barricade and attack Bobby Lashley. Uh, So this kind of setting up what's going to be our main event later in the night, which is going to be Seth Rollins a KO versus Lashley. And Big E, uh, Jimmy, this this is it uh, looks like based upon the crowd reaction, based upon what we'd see here. We'll get to the main event later. Uh, feels like we're we're seeing the turn of Bobby Lashley.
1: Absolutely. That is exactly what I was thinking while I was watching this. I'm going, boy, the seeds are being planted. And I wasn't sure if and I still am not sure. Is this just a test to see how the crowd reacts? And that's the beauty of having a live crowd there is you could feed off that instant feedback and the instant feedback I was getting from that Milwaukee crowd tonight was that they're liking Bobby Lashley. They're getting on board with this. And that makes me feel bad for Big E because mm-hmm. they seem to be, I don't want to say they're more on board with Bobby, but Bobby seems to be getting a little bit more of a reaction than a babyface Big E is right now. And I don't know if this is a, a bad situation. I don't want to say bad situation, but you know what I mean? Not a good sign for Big E going forward. Yeah, I just felt
0: like the last couple of weeks when you've had Lashley there, he just feels like the bigger deal. He feels like the biggest star in the show, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with, you know, outside of maybe Edge, you know, he's but he's up there. And um, I just I just feel like, uh, you know, the way they book Big E, he's just they haven't really made him that special yet. And and maybe it's going to take time. But um, Lashley, he's right there like the and. To me, and we'll get to it later. The end of the show, it felt like a baby face turn. Um, so it's it's kind of uh, kind of been a while coming, and I think it's uh, I think it's the right move.
2: Yeah, what what kind of worries me here is I'm a huge Big E fan. I'm, I'm a fan of Bobby as well, but I'm a huge Big E fan. I'm happy to see that he's world champion, and I want to see his run get uh, you know get just due. And what I don't like is they had a real chance here. I'm fine with adding Bobby Lashley to this match and making a fatal four way, but what I would prefer. Is Bobby Lashley's a heel with MVP still there, you know, wielding a cane. So it really stacks the odds of four heels, essentially, that Big E has to combat with to retain his title to come out of day one still champion. I don't like them kind of starting to, you know, put put distance between MVP and Lashley, and Lashley's maybe on the babyface side of things. I don't like the evening of the odds, so to speak. I would much rather Big E be again having to having the taller task um to, to beat these three heels in ring and then one manager, one pesky manager outside. So yeah, yeah but, this you know
1: that was kind of what I didn't like about last week. Uh with Bobby uh I don't mind Bobby working his way into the match, but I don't think they needed that last match against with him versus Big E because he already beat the other two contenders that are in the match. That should have been enough to qualify him. Mean, he didn't have to pin the champion as well, which will, another thing we'll get into later. But anyway. <laughs>
0: It, it seems like they're doing a lot of swerves lately. You think this could be a swerve and Lashley ends up, uh, turning at the end, turning back, or I don't know, uh, just turning on biggie and laying him out. I don't know, something, something like that.
1: It could very well be, but it, just, it again, it all depends on the crowd reaction. If he does, do, if it is a swerve, as you say, it looks like an apparent, uh, baby face turn for Bobby. And it turns out that it's not, um, you run the risk of the crowd still staying on board with Bobby because it, mm-hmm. crowds mm-hmm. are reacting weird lately. They, once they attach themselves to someone like a Becky Lynch, uh you know, it's hard to get them away to think yeah. differently at least.
2: Yeah. And, and, and funny you mentioned Becky, we'll get into the crowds with that here in just a little bit, a uh, real quick uh, shout out to uh Pitbulls and MMA. My boyfriend loves his manscape. Uh, there we go. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, of course, again, if you guys have any uh, especially if you have a chat, you want to guarantee you you get in the conversation, please uh, hit the super chat button and we'll make sure we work you in as our fourth special guest panelist uh, for that particular comment and topic. All right, moving on. We got Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. Stop me if you've heard this one before, uh, but they're going to have another match here. Uh, But uh, all that said, it's a competitive match. This is kind of an antiquated statement given the fact that uh, pay-per-views are no longer pay-per-views, but Jimmy, this kind of had a pay-per-view quality match. It's something you would say back in the 90s, meaning these two guys or these two girls went out and did what you would ask them to do if, if it's on a pay-per-view, if it's on a situation that we're trying to settle the feud. I thought these two had a, a wonderful match. Uh, at the end the end, though, Bianca's going to show off her uh, strength again, hits that KOD for the win. People were on their feet. Phones were out. I mean, jaws were dropped. And I'm this is all literal. I'm not using hyperbole, folks, if you're relying on us to give you the recount of what actually happened. This was a moment where the Milwaukee crowd was very much engaged. Uh, Bianca Belair, she's riding high. Jimmy, do you agree with uh, Dewdrop, who still has that name, who's now a heel? She's getting competitive matches, but is not getting any wins.
1: Um, I- I'm okay with that because she's still getting over in the matches as a heel, and she's still very competitive. Yes, she hasn't had any major wins lately, but at the same time, uh, someone like a Bianca Belair benefited hugely from pinning someone uh, like piper uh yeah i
2: call her dew drop
1: do, i'm trying i'm trying It just it, it, uh okay do drop but uh, like you said it was a really good match and it was a pay-per-view quality match and we're starting to see more and more of those on television i think that's going to help maybe draw an audience back to tv hopefully i think that's the idea behind it because yes it, we want to see entertaining segments. We want to hear them talk. We want to hear a lot of different things and see vignettes and that sort of thing. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it says pro wrestling on the marquee, and people get in, when you have a good match that tells a good story, like this one did. People get invested.
0: Yeah, Bianca and Piper, they work really they work really did well you say together. Piper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh probably why she's dewdrop. <laughs> but uh
2: damn it you can't have another piper
0: you can't have another piper what happens to austin theory if stone cold is at (laughs) russell oh oh, oh, just theory just theory that's why i tweeted
2: earlier just theory
0: (laughs) (laughs) or just cold they change (laughs) austin's name uh they work really well together you know the problems i have three weeks in a row same match bianco's one each time uh they didn't do any real you know, you could do other angles and stuff, backstage segments. You don't have to just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle every week. Um, I'm hoping this is the end of the feud. I think they said this was the final match. Um, because when you've beaten someone twice, it's just silly to keep it going. So, um, you know, and kind of to to uh, Jimmy's point, uh, I think Dewdrop has gotten over in this feud, even though she's lost each time. I, I feel like now she can go on, maybe someone like Dana Brooke where she can you know, win easily, or you know, someone like you know someone else where she can win a feud easily and kind of keep that ascension going. But you know, I think Bianca needed this. She'd been coming off of just losing a lot in that Becky feud, and uh, so yeah, I think this this helped her.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's always easier to get the job done as a heel versus a face, in my opinion. So, I mean, I'm happy to see them. You know, the the dewdrop Eva Marie stuff just didn't really flesh out the way they wanted obviously even Marie's no longer with the company so i mean i like this heel do drop i still think it's ridiculous i think i think you have to swallow your pride and say okay do drop is gonna be fun spirit fingers the girl who's getting bullied by even marie she's gonna fight back okay we're beyond that <clears throat> if, if you're gonna have her be you know the bigger imposing physical presence uh you know compared to most of the ladies which is fine and have her be a heel that's fine but the name just doesn't match you've changed the music you, you, you she's even changed her look you're just coming out with the jacket what have you change the name just let so if that means she needs to go away for a couple of weeks and, and and come back rebirthed and repackaged around rumble time uh what have you but but the, the dewdrop name just does not fit everything else that is starting to work and, and again to jimmy's point is getting over it is connected the crowd is getting you know she's getting the heat but dew drop
1: yeah it, it, it just goes to show you how one simple thing like a name can just kind of not put a halt but uh stifle a little bit someone's progress at least in the eyes of the audience or in the ears of the audience by hearing that name
2: so jimmy you're jimmy corderes by birth yes. you're greek actually no but no?
1: here we go oh we go. boy disclaimer legally born demetrius
2: oh i did know that of okay. greek yeah. descent yes but Corderis is your last name. Yes. You, you were in an age where it was beautiful. I used to be able to name every referee. I it was Jimmy Corderis, Jack Doe, Mike Kyoto, Earl Hebner, Tim White. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful time. We knew all the referees. Uh, now we don't even get it. Now it's just the official. Uh, but was there ever, ever an instance anywhere in, in time where Vince or the author or anybody was ever thinking of giving you a different, like, we're going to identify you as a different name, as a different stage name if we're going to identify you? Or was you always Corderis?
1: No, I was always Then uh, The last name got mispronounced several times by different people. Codorus, uh, uh Hunter just decided, uh, cor- we're going to go with Corduroy. It's easier. It's easier to remember. So uh, that was my nickname from Hunter for a long time, Corduroy.
2: Corduroy. I love it.
1: <laughs> Corderas isn't that hard. <laughs> I, I, no, it, I, to me, it doesn't feel hard. Actually, I think it's easy for a Greek last name. Yeah. It's not Papadoppa or something
0: like this. <laughs> Look, you can't have an, an easier Indian name than Raj, and you don't know how many people mess that up.
2: So. <laughs> uh, Mike, I see you have a super chat. I will get to it. I'm not missing you. I'm just going to save it to be timely and try to keep the show moving. So hang on to it. We'll get to you in a second. Uh, up next, sticking with the program, Finn Balor versus Austin Theory. They show the history that these two guys are having. Austin Theory, of course, he is just trying to appease Mr. McMahon, who has a special interest in him. But Austin Theory has just got—he's got to do the right things. He's got to understand the lessons being taught to him by Mister McMahon. Uh, again, we're going to see a match here. Uh, again, if you use this podcast, as many of you do, as kind of your barometer of what do I need to go back and check out. I don't want to sit through the whole three hours. Give me the highlights. Again, a match between two guys in phenomenal shape. Austin Theory does something—he you know, does a springboard Spanish fly. Um, it, it, it does a it roll. of springboard rolls into the uh, ring as a drop. He does some phenomenal things. Uh, nope. No pun intended to AJ um, competitive match again here. Uh, Finn Bell is going to get the win though. He's going to hit the coup de gras. He takes advantage of Austin theory, trying to do the selfie uh, rolls him up. So Finn gets the win and I'll just kind of go ahead and jump ahead. Cause it fits later. Austin theory is going to later attack Finn backstage, trying to trying to get his, get his uh, leverage back in the situation. And then goes to Vince's office, Mr. McMahon's office, excuse me, and Mr. McMahon, uh, still not impressed. He said, you still, you lost the match. Mm-hmm. You lost the match. Maybe I should just fire you. I get great joy out of firing people around the holidays. Threatens up a firing, Jimmy. He's going to give him a rematch next week, but reminds him about the power of the eraser and the pencil. And mm-hmm. how we can quickly erase. Uh, there's so there, there's so much meta here. You obviously know Vince. I, I, I'm obligated to toss to you first on this. What do you make of what they are trying to do with Austin Theory and the relationship with Mr. McMahon, who, m- remind everybody, is not on TV that often anymore. So this is unique.
1: You see, that is the uniqueness about this. And like you said, Vince has not, or Mr. McMahon has not been on television for a long time. And for him to, uh, for those who don't know, he does a lot of work behind the scenes. He's a busy man all day long. And for him to take time out of that now to also be an on-screen character, the old Mr. McMahon character, which by all means, I enjoy it. I I, I, I get a kick out of watching Mr. McMahon character. I don't know how well it's going to play with that line about him liking to fire people on the holidays. That's going to probably hit some people the wrong way. But at the same time, it speaks volumes for what he thinks of Austin Theory, because for him to invest his time, his and yes, I, I'm saying it. His valuable time to be an on-screen character again to help progress th- this character along. the Austin Theory. It speaks volumes for what they think of him. They I, I, they see something in him that uh, I think uh, I think they they're, they're going to capitalize in the near future.
2: Raj, the line well, the line the Vince also used was, uh, "I didn't get to become a uh, ruthless billionaire." By making bad investments. Go out there and prove to me I'm not making another bad investment.
0: I thought it was more. I cannot understand anything Vince says anymore. It is like so difficult for me.
2: Uh he is very gravelly. His voice is very gravelly.
0: Yeah. it gets more gravelly by the week. It's like um uh, when Kane used to have that that voice box. Um It's just really tough to, uh, understand the segments. I I think it's really giving Austin theory the rub for sure. Um, they're always awkward. I feel like, um, just the way it's scripted, what's what they're saying. Uh, what Vince is saying, I should say, but I I think, you know, Austin lost to Finn Balor tonight, but I think he's probably going to get the win back at day one or maybe, maybe sooner. Who knows? Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, they're finally pushing a young talent who looks like he could be in that main event mix, you know, next year. So I I think it it was a good thing. And and the match with Finn Balor, that's what he could use. is is guys like Finn that could really work, that could really up his game. And he looked like he belonged tonight in the ring.
2: Yeah, he does look like he belongs. He's 24 years old. So, I mean, certainly, you know, while there's some other up-and-coming stars, On Raw or SmackDown, that are on the rise in their WWE careers, they are still in their 30s, and that's you know this is you know father time is the ultimate enemy here. So yeah, he's young guy. I mean, I guess I wonder. I look back at history though. You know, there's not been the best of luck to those who Vince has tried to in storyline anoint. You know, obviously, Drew McIntyre was once dubbed the chosen one that particular time and run in his career didn't work out. He eventually did live up to all that potential and is now, which is great. You know, even bef- before that, a guy who I loved, uh, uh, one Mr. Kennedy, it didn't quite get to pan on either for different reasons. But he was going to be uh, anointed as the illegitimate son of Vince. But I, I, my point is, and there's, there's a few other pockets of test. Yeah, it, it, there's 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 just an there's an insane pressure that then gets put on a uh, character to succeed when the man himself is coming out a- and saying, you're my next stud.
1: Yeah. Especially someone uh, like I knew that Austin theory was young, but I didn't realize he was just 24 years old, which is extremely young. And, and you mentioned stuff about the match that he had with Finn. Uh, some of the impressive things he did. That's spr- what, what do you call that? Spanish fly that's seated spring. The springboard, yeah. Uh, he springboarded the second it, rope
2: into the Spanish fly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And stuff like that. What impressed me more was not only that he did these phenomenal moves, but he didn't clump them all together. He spaced them out. He gave everything time. He gave mm-hmm. him time to breathe. he It's almost like he's grasping the concept of, listen, I can do this. Cool move, but I'm not going to do seven of them in a row.
0: Right. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? I, I think there's a big rush nowadays for people to try and get too much stuff in. and And whether it was him who understood that, the agent for the match, or whoever... It is good on him for taking his time. That's for sure.
2: Great point by Jimmy. Great point. So we'll keep our eyes. So rematch next week, supposedly for Austin Theory uh, and Finn Balor. So we'll see, does it, what happens next Monday? Does it, does it go into day one? Jimmy, you got a thought?
1: No, just because again, here, here's the hamster on the wheel again, because you mentioned uh, maybe this comes to a culmination at, uh, at day one, Mm -hmm. maybe next week he suffers another loss to Finn Balor. Here he is with Vince again. Vince is about to give him the old heave-ho, but he says, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you one last chance. At day one, you've got Finn Balor, and maybe there's a stipulation to the match, you know, like a, a, a whatever kind of match it is. Um, you know, if you lose to Finn Balor, you will be
2: fired.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, did, did
0: they announce it for next week? They they announced a bunch of matches for next week, which is really rare. Like I can't remember the last time they announced this many matches for the next week's RAW. It was almost like Dynamite or Rampage, where they kind of run down the full card before. They I know
2: Vince said I'm going to give you a rematch. I thought he said next week. Um, I th- I,
1: that's what I remember hearing. Yeah, but then again, I've taken a lot of ref bumps over the years, so <laughs> <laughs> you've
2: been kicked by the Undertaker a time or two. So.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: All right, well, we'll see uh, how that plays out. But yeah, Austin Theory is certainly one to watch if you're doing your uh, who to watch in 2022. Who are you buying in on on your stock? Um, certainly a lot to look at there as we go into 2022 and you look at Rumble, you look at Manius, you look at all Money in the Banks, you look at all the, the milestones that start to mark whose uh, who's plans for the future. So he's one to keep an eye on. Up next, we got a Miz TV segment. He's bringing out AJ and Omos. And uh, we did see Miz TV, Talking to Omas earlier backstage, and uh, Miz proceeds to tell AJ how Omas really feels. Started to talk about how, you know, Omas, he doesn't need AJ, and AJ's just a hanger on. And, and, and in fact, AJ's even jealous. It took AJ 15 years to get the WWE. Omas had WWE begging for him to sign a contract, some blurring of some real life lines there. Really interesting stuff. Before Omas can speak himself, those damn Mysterios have to come hit the ring. Their music hits. It's now time for their tag match of the Mysterios versus AJ and Omas. And AJ's in the ring the entire time when he goes to make his hot tag to Omas. Omas has no interest in getting in the ring and even tagging with him. This causes AJ to get rolled up. One, two, three. AJ and Omas, uh, or a- more AJ, just having some words. I think he even calls Omas a piece of trash. That lets, lights the fire under the big man. They come to brawls, and uh, Omas is going to get the better of this. He's going to put AJ up for a huge gorilla press slam. And he says, the next time you'll see me, it'll be in a match. Doesn't specify when, but in a match, uh, Jimmy, this, um, this escalated quickly. I just, I didn't quite, we knew the turn eventually would happen between these two, a split. I should say, I did not expect it to happen before the new year.
1: I, I, in my opinion, far too soon. I like, Okay. then again, I'm one of those people who likes a nice story to take its time and develop and, and, You know, I would have liked to have seen AJ push those buttons a little bit more, a little bit more, and see Omos get uh, even more agitated. And I'm not convinced that he's ready yet for that spot, that singles push spot yet. But then again, if there's anybody who can get him there, put him in the ring with an AJ, and AJ will make him look like a million bucks.
2: Raj, too soon? I, I definitely
0: think it's too soon, unless next week they don't actually have a match. It leads to... Some kind of angle where a, I don't know AJ attacks almost uh, Omos or you know something happens, but you know I think a lot of people thought this could be like a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania match when they did the split, not just a throwaway match on Raw. So if it is indeed the blowoff next week, I mean these guys have been together what like nine, ten months. Uh, you know they won the you know won the titles at WrestleMania. It's it should be a bigger deal. I mean that's just bad storytelling to just. Ended on TV, it's kind of like the Miz and Morrison where they were going to end it on TV and they they never did that either. But I don't know, well, you know, we'll have to see what they do next week. But if that's it, I just think it's. I thought, I thought tonight just seemed again. I just thought it seemed forced. Didn't seem natural. Uh, Omos's promo. He needs a manager. He could use and and maybe we should, we can get that super chat there in a sec. But. It just didn't flow well, I thought.
2: So, Mike, two dollar super chat says hope MVP doesn't turn on Bobby MVP and Omas maybe. And so that's to your point, Raj. Uh, if he's not ready, if they don't want him to be attacked him anymore, they want him to be singles, you know, feature. I mean, he's, he is every bit of seven foot and then some. But if he still needs a mouthpiece, and MVP, if Bobby's going to go f- face. I could totally buy MVP. You know the the sports agent kind of feel that he is always looking for the the prime athlete seeing prime dollars in an Omos. It's a good call, Mike.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very good idea. The only issue I have again is someone uh, from a heel tag team turning on the heel, which AJ is clearly the heel in this one. And then all of a sudden aligning with another heel when it looks like it's a baby face turn. I don't know if that makes sense. But...
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely thought this was gonna go to rumble and it was gonna be the, it was gonna be the old fashioned, you know, Omas ends up eliminating AJ or doesn't help AJ when AJ is expecting to help or what have you. And then we build a mania. So this does, you know, the fact that they, the fact that they came to physical blows tonight mm-hmm. was nowhere on my bingo card for raw tonight. Yes. Um, but I will say I'm happy, even though Omos has gotten circus like reactions. That's a compliment. Like people, when he's stepped in the ring and he's going toe to toe with um, some people, you know, the crowd has risen because he is truly a, a sight to see. I'm glad they didn't say, okay, we got to ride that. He's got to be a babyface right now because I, I truly think the better he's going to learn better by being the, 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 by being the heel, and it's going to be a lot easier situation for him to be the heel with his size, and AJ can bump around and be the babyface. So, Jimmy, to your point, it, there's, a, there's, there's a little bit of awkwardness, but I think long-term it's the better way to go. Let AJ be the face. Let Omos be the heel. Um, and and, and him, being a, him being a charismatic giant, is way down the road after he's gotten many more reps in front of a live audience. Cause that's the other thing. Yeah. Ha- the first half of his run with AJ, they didn't, he didn't have the luxury of doing house shows and getting to sit there every night and watch AJ and listen to AJ and listen to crowds. It was in front of the, it was in front of you know the Thunderdome screens. So he hasn't had the, the live reps in front of crowds that you would otherwise hope he has.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I thought the crowd reaction at the end when Omos kind of started beating on AJ they weren't really foreign, you know, and I don't know if it's just this crowd tonight. I know you can't always just judge from one crowd, but it definitely seemed like the crowd considers AJ the baby face in this. And I think mm-hmm. the way it was executed, it just, it was kind of sloppy. It just, you know, again, uh, the Miz is the cat, like Omos is confiding in the Miz and telling him <laughs> this stuff. Uh,
2: it, it's that that is weird, Raj, but I will say I, I did appreciate the fact that the Miz, that they could use the Miz's uh right. very, very well established uh talking segment to help elevating and further story. And it didn't have to be the Miz's story because we know we're going to do that on the cutting edge later. So th- that was kind of nice that they stepped out of their lane and just used some common sense of okay, we need a talking, a talking segment. Well, the Miz has one,
0: sure, yeah. or you could but you could have done it with Edge where he's talking to a baby face, and you, you know what I mean? Like th- then it's 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 the heel instigating a baby face to turn on, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was just awkward, but
1: yeah, no, uh, for, for me, sorry to cut you off, Raj. It's, no, just, it's just, for me, it's, it's weird because it, it wasn't clear who, you know, we're seeing somebody turn, but we're not yeah. clear who is going to be the heel and who's going to be the baby face here. Like, like I am I was assuming that maybe Omas is going to be the baby face and then you're saying, looks like maybe AJ is going to be the baby face. And if, when it's not clear who is who, hmm. which side right. of the fence either guy is on, then I think it makes it confusing for the crowd too. And they don't know who to get on board with.
0: Yeah. And AJ is one of those guys. He's easy to turn babyface Cause he's one of those guys. He's like Randy Orton. You could turn him heel. Fans don't ever really hate Randy Orton. They always still kind of like him. Uh, AJ fans still, you know, they respect him and they're happy to see him turn baby face. So I, I, I think, I think that'd be, I think that's more natural. I think you're going to be fighting the crowd otherwise.
2: And we talked age earlier, you know, Austin theory, 24, uh, Omos 27. So again, some of the young oh, wow. crop of guys, uh, still in the 20s. So keep an eye on Jimmy, you know, over the, over your years, uh, you've certainly, uh, I'm sure have encountered different, uh, big men, you know, guys that the companies looking looking at maybe even if not at seven foot, but, uh, guys who just have a look, who have that look that you can't, you can't buy. that doesn't grow on trees. Uh, turn heads in the airport and they're maybe strapping the rocket on them a little quick. I'm sure you've ref some matches from a referee standpoint. What can you do without, without giving all the secrets of the trade, what can you do or what are you trying to do in terms of watching for potentially even communication to try to help, help the the match go smoother, help teach the big guy.
1: Well, uh, again, it's, it's, it's not only the referee giving instruction for TV. It's a lot better because you know, you are wired in, Mm-hmm. So the agent is there. So you can always go to the agent and say, Hey, look, if you see something you want me to relay to him, I will relay it to him. And again, I was fortunate enough to get to work with some, some great big men over the years. So there would be times where I would see a guy like, uh, for example, like a Heidenreich,
2: yeah.
1: big guy, good look and stuff like that. And I just, every once in a while, look like I'm going over to admonish him, but as you know, as, as uh, kind of like, hey, hey, you know, just, just slow down a little bit. Not so, not so not so rushed take your time take your time you know little things like that just little little things uh because you don't want to throw too much at them if you throw too much at them it might throw them off and now they start second guessing and, and you could see that there, there may be some hesitation there as opposed to you know pausing and giving time for stuff to set in so it, it, you know little things you know okay now get on them don't you know really get on them don't give him a chance, you know, you know what I mean? So it, yeah. Yeah, pace yourself, that sort of stuff, little, little things like that. But um, again, I was fortunate enough to have somebody in my ear as well and, and say, Hey, make sure he knows to do this, Ta- tell him to do this. But
2: did you ever take advantage of the non-TV at the house shows where maybe you're not wired and and, they're, and you're not on time cues and, and you can maybe get away with being a little more freestyle of like saying to some, like giving them more of things just from you, not necessarily from, from, backstage, but like you could just, you know, freestyle with them a little bit more did, did that ever work out for you or.
1: No, I, again, I would, for a lot of times I would, I would let them do their thing, but at the same time, if I noticed something, I would, I would pipe up for lack of a better term. And that came later on in the years when you felt more comfortable, Sure, um, you know, uh, giving your, your thoughts and your ideas, because, you know, uh, we learn as well as we go. Always a sponge. You're always picking up stuff as you go along. And like I said, being blessed to, to work with some of the the best big men around, including back to the days of Andre. I mean, wow.
2: And again, I know Jimmy has stories about Andre in the book. Fun, <laughs> fun Andre stories, drinking stories too.
1: Oh my yeah. goodness. Yes.
2: Andre making you drink. I love that one.
1: Uh, well, he didn't make me drink, but then again, I he made
2: he- you he's Andre the Dine. He made you drink.
1: Uh, no, it's, let's put it this way. When he offered you a drink, you would never said no. Let's just say that.
2: But 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 before you got to go to work.
1: That was the only issue. I thought, okay, I, well, one I can get away with, but when, when I showed up to the building, uh, you know, thank goodness Jack Tunney was a nice guy and just said, "Hey, you know what? Go in my office, have a few coffees before the the agency." And,
2: you guys got to you guys got to get Jimmy's book. It's it's chock full of great stories. Uh, Sheed Black dollar uh, ninety nine. I think AJ is the babyface to me. Yeah, All right. we'll see how it plays out, but it's playing out quickly. So. There we yeah. go. All right, Randy Orton. He's solo tonight. No uh, riddle. Uh, Orton up against Chad Gable, who does have Otis with him. Keep that in mind here for a second. This is a quick match, but it is uh, an intense match, and uh, I it's just—it's kind of a blur. If you blink, you miss it. And, I, and and that's not to say it's not a squash by any means. I mean, Chad Gable gets in there, and and he's he's getting some on Randy, but Randy Orton does end up hitting the RKO, and Gable uh, wins the match. And then post match. Otis comes in and, and Randy tries to hit an RKO several times on Otis. I think three times, and all three times, Otis shrugs him off. Corey Graves' great soundbite on commentary. I didn't think there was a man on earth that couldn't be RKO'd. Uh, so this is like you know you know really putting over Otis uh, here. Uh, Raj, I mean, what did you make of it? I did not expect it again on my bingo card. I did not expect Otis to be getting put over by Randy Orton tonight.
0: Yeah, it's almost like because remember, they were teasing Omas and Randy Orton for a while, and it seems like they've kind of shifted away from that. And that's too bad because every time Orton and Omas would get in the ring, the, the fans would be like buzzing. Like you yeah. could tell, like they wanted to see that. Riddle wasn't there at all, right? I, there wasn't a backstage segment that I missed.
2: He was not there at all. All they said on commentary is as Randy's music hit, that he is, uh, he's solo tonight. Something okay. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, they're really giving Otis that monster push that you know the the big guy monster push that you see them do here and there a few times a year um we'll see how long it sustains uh, um but yeah orton and otis they said next week right
2: yes i think so
0: it's weird you got a pay-per-view coming up in two weeks and all these matches i feel like they should be on the pay-per-view uh they're doing on tv like tony storm versus charlotte uh this friday on smackdown but um but yeah, uh, you know, I yeah, Orton definitely, you know, made him out to be a threat. I like this is another one, you know, with all the, the bill they've been give, giving Otis the last month or so. I hope it just doesn't end next week.
2: Yeah. And they didn't play to it, uh and why would they? He's a heel, but Otis, he is a Wisconsin boy, I believe. So if he is in his home state, he gets gets better treatment in his home home state than other talents I get oftentimes in WWE Booking. Yeah. All right. So up next, this one's a this one's an interesting one to kind of break the X's and O's down. X's and O's down to Damian Priest, your U.S. champion. He's up against Dolph Ziggler, but the match is non-title. It is a is coined as a U.S. Championship Contenders match. So basically, meaning you know, if Ziggler can win, he he would be deemed as number one contender. Um, this match, I, I was even even with that, which I I don't I don't like that. Um, I, I'm I'm never a fan of 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 the champion having a match and his title's not on the line i just i don't like that uh but nonetheless i was still intrigued because i got damian priest who has phenomenal strikes with his uh punches and kicks You have Dolph ziggler who's one of the best selling guys in the business ever so and we do get that uh robert Roode then attacks priest on the apron uh you know, pulls his leg and, and what have you and then all of a sudden that flicks the switch and damian priest he goes crazy, starts beating up on Rude. While well, that's happening, ref is counting him out. So, Jimmy, we're following the rules here. There's a count out. So, uh, Ziggler gets the win, but obviously, you know, it's now he maybe in theory is number one contender. Again, Priest goes nuts. I, I guess where I'm struggling at, Jimmy, and I go to the referee to you here is, I still would have rather this match been a title match, up the ante and in intrigue, even with this finish, the title's not going to change hands. Why, why, why do we do this? Give me, give me the answer. I,
1: I have no idea. I don't understand. This has become a thing lately with this championship contenders matches, which absolutely makes zero sense to me. You have to beat the champion in order to get a shot at the championship title that this person is carrying that you just beat. So in essence, you got to beat the champion twice. to win the championship that to me uh, you know that drives me insane you work your way up to a title match and then okay we've seen non-title matches in the past for whatever reason but you don't have non-title matches so that the person who beats you can get a title match
2: that's like saying you go to the super bowl to beat the team and then you get to go to the super bowl again Right. Yeah. Exactly. And if you beat the team then you get to face them again the next week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: There you go. I I I don't like that that concept. I don't and it's becoming very frequent now. And other little things like don't get me wrong, these guys work well together. The match looked good. And like you said Justin, with the finish they had with the count out finish, you could have had it a title match. The count out finish, Dolph gets the win and earned himself a rematch. Anyway, right. You know, right. so so this that concept of championship contenders match just doesn't doesn't sit well with
0: me. No, it's like in UFC if you fight the champion, yeah, it's the same exact thing. You got to beat the champion, and so you can face him the next time. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. And, and same thing with non-title matches. I mean, usually there should be a story for why a match is a non-title match. Either they haven't gotten enough wins, or there's some storyline reason why a match is non-title. Um, but it's it's been, it's kind of a crutch. They've been doing it for so long that that's just what they know. I You know, I, I feel like Damian Priest, he, he's lost some uh, popularity with the crowd so ever since he started doing the flipping out. You know, I think they wanted to do, he's showing that he's got this killer instinct, but it feels like fans are confused. And I just felt, saw the crowd reaction lately to him, especially since Survivor Series when he, he did that with Nakamura. And it just feels like, crowd is just quiet for him now like this thing is kind of backfired
2: yeah i agree it was a natural organic maybe arguably uh aside from the roman reigns and and and, and you know in terms of the guys in middle of the card Damian priest has had the best 2021 20, of anybody mm-hmm. you know he has, a, he has a good rumble showing he makes the bad bunny thing work and bad bunny did great on his part but like did that you know uh, priest has only lost like one singles match i think <laughs> on tv this year it wins the U.S. title, yeah. Crowd's behind the archer of infamy, and then yeah, they kind of do this little swerve of let's make him kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Harvey Two Face. He flips the switch. Even there's this duality in his entrance of lights and whatever. But I agree, Rod. I think the fans are even kind of like, well, am I supposed to still cheer him when he's getting real crank, like real cranked up? Like he does? like I I don't know. I, this might have been a don't. You know, don't fix what's not broken. Situation. Um. So yeah, I mean, he had, I, the had the cool
0: entrance it. with the arrow yeah, and everything. The ar- yeah, and- the <laughs> arrow.
2: I don't know. I, I'm. He's one again. He's he's on that list of I'm watching for 2022. He is a dark horse. Well, not dark horse, but he's he's on that second ring of people I'm watching for Rumble. Of I could yeah. say maybe you know if maybe he's a Rumble winner, and it all depends on who the champion is at that point. You know, and do they need a face challenger or a heel challenger, whatever. But He's a guy I'm watching, but I agree. I think the fans are a little bit taken back by him. This flick of the switch of uh, can you flip it in the next gear is not translating into babyface uh, fandom.
1: No, it's it's like like I'm wearing the Stone Cold shirt. When Stone when Steve flipped, it wasn't like this. Ah, I'm going crazy, guy. It was just that the you know the button was pushed and here came Stone Cold.
0: Mm-hmm. It was organic.
1: It, it, it felt it felt just.
0: Right, it felt natural, not like, oh, oh, this is the spot where he's going to go crazy now.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on. So, uh, uh you know, who knows what? I mean, obviously, a priest, Damian Priest, Dolph Ziggler match for the title probably is in line. If not for Raw, then for Day yeah. One. So we'll see what they're.
0: Yeah, they announced that for next week too.
2: That is next week, okay? All right, yeah, man. Yeah. Ross, to your point, they're they're <laughs> they're yeah. they're telling me what's coming. So, <laughs> is is next is month is next Raw live or is it taped?
0: Yes, right. It's live. live Smackdown this week is taped. The next Smackdown is like a recap show, but the next Raw is remaining live. Uh, Yeah, there's no taped episodes coming up.
2: All right. I was going to say, maybe if they knew they were taping it, that's why they're just announcing all this stuff, because they know exactly what they're doing. There's not going to be any rewrites. but
0: That's exactly what I thought. I, I double-checked, because I'm like, oh,
1: they must be announcing this because they're taping it tonight. Yeah, uh, and, uh, Or somebody's just going, yeah, we can just announce it, because as it says at the bottom, card's subject to change. <laughs> when they're changing the
0: day of. I mean, we'll, we'll see how many of these matches actually end up taking place.
1: There you
2: go. <laughs> all right, up next, we get another talking segment. It is the return of the Cutting Edge. A uh, Hall of Famers out there, and he has a special guest, Maurice. And of course, uh, they show the recap package there of how he almost speared Maurice, and that's because Miz threw his wife and mother of his children uh, as a shield. So that that of course caused problems between Maurice and Miz, or so we thought. Uh, Maurice is out there; she's venting her frustration to Edge. Uh, you have no idea what it's like to be married to the Miz, and and I do everything. Everybody thinks I have everything all put together, but you don't know what it's like behind the scenes. Woe is me. Edge not buying it, says, you sound like you're in a horrible country song. <laughs> uh, I know this whole routine. Miz has sent you out here to boo-hoo, and he's going to sneak attack me. Just as that happens, music hits, and Miz tries to sneak attack Edge, but Edge is ready for it. Uh, he starts to beat down at the Miz, but then Maurice gets a nice slap in on Edge, and that gives the opening for Miz to hit the skull-crushing finale. Uh, Raj, we I mean they mentioned, and it should be noted, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the summary here, They mentioned uh, Maurice mentioned Beth Phoenix, Edges real life wife Uh, mixed tags. Got to be coming down the pike, right?
0: Yeah. I actually thought they were going to do the, the swerve with Maurice turning, you know, revealing she's been aligned with Ms. At, at the day one pay-per-view leading to Ms. Beating edge. And then that leads to the tag match at the rumble with Beth Phoenix and edge versus Ms. And Maurice, you know, I think edge is one of the most talented talkers and, and, you know, performers they have. I think Maurice is fantastic on the mic, but I thought this segment was just death. I thought uh, they went too long with Mar- Maurice uh, talking about Miz at the beginning. You could tell the crowd just they lost, you know, they were just bored. They were like, you can hear they want you can hear them wanting it to end. And uh, but I did like that edge wasn't falling for it. He didn't get outsmarted. But outside of that, I, I just uh, the edge Miz segments that they've had. I thought this was the weakest.
2: Yeah, Jimmy. I know you're. Uh, you know, I don't want. You, I know you don't want to speak ill of a fellow Canadian or Canadians. But Maurice didn't seem so comfortable on them. Th- th- this felt like she was a little, hmm. a little scattered on the mic.
1: Yeah, I kind of felt that too. And and going back again to Edge uh, and and. Uh, you know when you talk about some of the most underrated people on the microphone you got to put edge in that category people when you talk about the some of the best promo guys and some of the best talkers uh, we forget we neglect to put him in that conversation and he definitely belongs in that conversation but it also depends on like you said Raj the people and the people's reaction they just weren't getting into that segment at all they weren't getting invested in it and Maurice, like you like you said Justin felt a little bit uncomfortable It's it's like, okay you know, getting back into that groove again, you've been away from it for so long in front of that live crowd. Yes, you've been doing Ms. and Mrs. for so long, but that's, you know, a different atmosphere. This is in front of a live crowd. And for me, you're right. I felt that she was a little bit uncomfortable and wasn't back in her form because she can be, you know, really, really annoying in a good way.
0: But to that point, I think it was also what she was given because once the swerve happened, then she was back to feeling seeming totally comfortable, you know, yeah. like she didn't. She was back to the old Maurice, I, she just felt really uncomfortable with having to say The stuff with Ms. and the problems they're having. And you know, yeah, so that. so
2: so to that point, Raj, I guess I, I, I was summarizing for, for, for brevity, but I guess mm-hmm. maybe this is a time where it sh- I should get more detailed. So Maurice is talking about, you know she's the one that's taking care of the kids and this and that and 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 Miz is away doing doing miss things and and she asked edge you know what if i would have got hurt what if you would have speared me who would take care of my kids you know she got really into some deep heavy kind of like emotional stuff and so to that point you know, maybe that truly did make her feel a little uncomfortable that she's like i'm not buy- i'm not buying this the, the crowd's not buying this I, I have no problems with my husband to this level. We would not be airing it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was truly a, I, this is just a little bit too attempt of real for us to swallow here. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But I, uh, like, like Rosh said, I do believe that down the road, this is heading towards a mixed tag. And I think bet with Beth and edge and, you know, rumble seems the obvious choice. I don't know how, if you can extend it to, to, to wait until WrestleMania, I think that might be way too long.
2: Well, and it can't be sooner than Rumble. Right? It can't be day one. They only have one no. more Raw, so that would already- be too much. That'd be too much of a rush if, if Beth yeah. shows up next Monday, and that's what I mean. This is something you want to milk a little bit, and
1: that, they that's are doing why,
2: AJ and next week. So. That's,
1: <laughs> that's why I'm thinking Maurice interferes at day one. Maybe you know, there's the the behind the refs back if they could distract him correctly. Uh, you know, the the low blow or whatever the case may be into a you know, Mrs. Finish or whatever the case may be, and then Beth loses it and shows up on Raw and goes, you know, you know yeah, you don't attack my man, <laughs>
0: right? Because that uh, match J- has been announced for day one. I mean, that's official. Yeah. So,
2: Jimmy, uh, you know, uh, Christmas is upon us. Mm-hmm. Lots of good food. Lots of good presents. If I want to steal one of your hors d'oeuvres or one of your presents, what's the best way that I can distract you? Best
1: way you can distract me?
2: Or do I just have to bump you? Do, do is does that, does that, does that, does that rough bump is going to have to be it? Or can I distract you in some other way?
1: No, you can distract me with with other food. <laughs> uh, food is a, a big distraction for me. or You know, uh, that works.
2: Very good. All right, up next, Rhea Ripley versus Queen Zelina. This is uh, and, uh, Carmella and Nikki A.S.H. are both banned from the uh, ring side. Rhea, dominant one-sided win here. Raj? What do you think? Uh, Oh, it seemed weird to just have Zelina beat her last week
0: just to get dominated and destroyed this week. Zelina, you know, she'd been on quite the win streak, actually. She hadn't lost a singles match since September. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's just 50-50. I don't think any of them are really getting that over right now. Um, I think Rhea, they just don't know how to book her. Queen Zelina, I think she's got a... She's a great character. Um, But I, I feel like they're hitting a a roadblock as far as how to, what to do with that character.
2: Jimmy, if uh, if I asked you, or if you're in the position, if you're there backstage, because um, I agree with what Raj said, what advice can be offered to Rhea or maybe not even Rhea, maybe it's to the the booking, to the creative. What needs to happen with Rhea Ripley right now?
1: She needs to be booked like, um not quite like Brock Lesnar, like a beast, but she needs to be very dominant and, you know, obviously she can give some offense to her opponents that they could try and get in on her. But at the same time, I think she needs to be built like, uh, not invincible, but like, like, and I hate to say a beast.
2: She should have had at least a Damien priest run where she's not getting beat at all.
1: Right. Right. And, and, you know, and not be on the receiving end of so much. Yeah. Not right. selling so much, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And and her song and everything, it just, you would just feel like she's like this violent figure. And then she's palling around with, you know, someone dressed like a superhero.
1: It just feel that.
0: like it kind of goes against what the character is. Uh, I
1: don't know. And I, and I know there's always, they say, you know, you can always re-, re- Reinvent the character and blah blah blah, but I'm also worried in today's world where is there a point where you take it to where there's no coming back from it?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that's
1: what I'm worried about.
2: And Jimmy, that so that's a great that that comment segues exactly what I was going to say. Is I appreciate the fact that Rhea Ripley. I mean, she's she's you know a presence physically in terms of she's at least six foot six foot one, so she's you know taller than most any other girl and. You know, the, the haircut and the tattoos and the piercing, whatever. I mean, I appreciate the distinct look, but also, I mean, you know, it's it's the day and age. We all have the Internet and social media. It's very much out there. What she looked like when she arrived in the WWE system and she was uh, she's Australian, she had the more stereotypical long blonde hair kind of model look. And so credit to her, I guess, on trying to stand out and, 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 and distinguish herself. But also to that, it also now with what we're seeing feels like, is this all very manufactured, forced? Like, is this who you are? Are you, like Raj said, are you the one that with this violent theme of this is my brutality when you're smiling, hanging out with a, a lovable character who wants to be a superhero? I, I, I don't know. There definitely feels like there's a disconnect. You know, and we've, you know, she's had a mania match against Charlotte. And I mean, I, like, you know, she's had some opportunity, but there feels like there is a disconnect that this is not necessarily the real Rhea Ripley, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. So.
1: No, I, I totally see that. Yeah, I totally yeah. see that. And, right. and really quickly, just yeah. to, not to draw the, the total comparison, but your do Stone Cold Steve Austin, when did he truly get over? When he became Steve. Yeah. He let. Uh, turned up to 12, as they like to say. It's, it's, it seems to be the, the magic formula, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Well,
2: it, it, you're
0: seeing her in NXT. You're, you're seeing more of the true character of what she was trying to be, or what she is. And with the raw scripting and everything, it's just completely missing it.
2: Yeah. Uh, again... Hyping up 2022. We'll watch and see what what is on deck for for what she's doing here in the first quarter uh, with with Rumble and and Mania lined up. Uh, Sticking with the women's division, we get Liv Morgan. She's out to the ring, and she shows footage that aired on social media this past weekend, and now they show it in full. Uh, Again, she shows up to the training school that Becky Lynch has, ready to attack Becky Lynch. She's ready to attack this red hair woman in the ring who she thinks is Becky Lynch, only it's not Becky Lynch. Becky was one step ahead of her. Uh, Becky uh, then you know, gets into a fight with her and what have you. Becky then sh- now shows up live here in Milwaukee, has a little bit of a war of words, and they try to paint the picture uh, verbally that you know Becky is big time. Bex Liv is not ready for the, 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 the pressure under these hot lights. But, but Becky's like, well, I'm, I'm, but still, you know, you're not ready, but, but I'm not, I'm not giving you the time of day and walks off and that, you know, maybe Becky's actually intimidated by live. Th- there's a lot that's going on here, but gentlemen, I don't know who wants to start here. Liv Morgan's supposed to be this up and coming, like organic baby face, but she's trying to sneak attack <laughs> at, the, at the school. Uh, everything that was kind of delivered in the promo here seemed ass backwards. She's attacking this girl in the school without checking who it is. Right. I'm like, "Raj, All who's these the, people around who's the, the face? Ring not
0: doing anything. Who's the, the face? Students. Who's the face? Uh, oh god, that yeah. segment was off. You know, it's it, it, this year is the, the 25th anniversary of the NWO. And so there's a lot of, you know, stuff on podcasts looking back at at the NWO stuff. And you look back at when they would do those type of you know, out of the ring segments stuff. You know, in the back, and just hor- how organic and real it felt. And then you're seeing 25 years of where you could learn and make those even better. And it's totally devolved. This was just uh, it was amateur hour with the way they filmed it. I thought it was I thought it was really bad.
1: Yeah, it's funny you said that. I didn't like the way it was filmed either. And it, you know, if it's supposed to be a surprise, uh, uh, it maybe it would have been better to use something like this yes, or at least make it look like it's one of these yes. and, and and use one only you keep hitting shots of the students in there at the you know going oh my goodness and stuff like that it looked like a big well, production and right. they start
2: with someone sneaking in and what's confusing jimmy is that, yeah they started with that as Liv enters the school it is this it is potentially the cell phone one camera point of view -hmm. Because you don't even see live, you see her hand open, and then you just so like you think maybe she maybe she just has a friend just filming for social media, and then you're right. Then they start doing all these cuts. Like why? Just keep it like have live. Just have some you know hanger on filming this way, and let that do it the whole thing as as a one shot take. Why would you overproduce this? It totally killed any chance of it having a vibe of oh wow, look at this, look look at this chaos that just happened.
1: Yeah. And, and going to the promo in the ring by Liv, it just did not work with the live crowd. It didn't work for me at all. It felt too, again, it didn't feel natural at all. Yeah. It
0: dragged it. And it just felt like, uh, you know, Liv is reading these lines, you know, she's trying just memorizing lines as opposed to really, you know, saying what she feels. And I think Liv is, can be a tremendous baby face. She's got kind of a connection with the, the crowd but again, this sometimes with the scripting just gets in the way and letting her just go out there and be herself because Becky can Becky, you know, she's got the experience. She can do that when she comes out. She comes across as such a big superstar. And I think that hurts live. And I, you know, I think Becky, first of all, should be a baby face right now. She can do the exact same shtick. She just needs to take out the part where she insults the audience. She's a baby face. But um. They're 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 fighting an uphill battle trying to get the fans to boo Becky. I got reports uh, from people that were there that said that Becky got one of the biggest reactions on the show, and the the boos that you know I asked, I was like, oh, well, there were a lot of boos at the end. They're like, not in the crowd, so they must have piped those in. No, they're you know they're fighting it.
2: You know, you look at Liv too. There seems to be a disconnect too with her and again, creative decision makers because you look at her career. She was in the trio of the Riot Squad. Uh, then they, on what was a, supposed to be a hot shot attempt at a spike of a buzz and rating, uh, had her be a, a, teased her as a lesbian with Lana, right. with no with no uh, um, uh, no payoff or no no intent of a payoff. And now they're trying this again. This this, this attempt of, of her being a singles competitor trying to force Becky, as you said, Raj, to be a heel when nobody wants to boo Becky. They, you know, they, this is just, a. I mean, it's, it's just been a kind of a cluster. Yeah. yeah. And, and Liv just has
0: such a natural charm that I feel like you just tap into that. She's a superstar, but um, this, this, I, I thought this was an, uh, every segment I thought tonight outside of the the opening segment with, with Lashley and MVP, which was fine. wasn't great or anything, but I thought the segments tonight were just really bad.
2: Yeah. Alright, we well, mentioned Lashley. Let's get in the main event. We got Bobby Lashley and Big E. And it should be noted, Big E does a quick backstage promo <laughs> before the match. Uh, and again, he refuses to even hear the question of Big E. Can you and Bobby Lashley co- no, no. We will not say coexist, <laughs> uh, Even though that's what we're all thinking. <laughs> Big E and Bobby Lashley up against Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, back-and-forth match, uh, multiple segment, as you'd expect here, but the, uh, the, the the real point here is Lashley hits the spear on KO, gets the pin, one, two, three. Rollins comes in, breaks up this uh, pinfall just beyond the three count, so it is a victory for Lashley and Big E, but now Rollins is vertical. Kevin Owens quickly gets vertical. Uh, the heels are up on it. Uh, you know Big E is down for the count. They're just attacking Lashley, ultimately hit the curb stomp on the steps on Bobby Lashley. So the heels ending standing strong with all the narrative of, you know, they're trying to eliminate Lashley who shouldn't be in this match anyways at day one. Uh, but they're working in unison uh, that, that being the heels and KO and Seth Rollins. So heels standing tall Uh Jimmy, did this help or do anything for your excitement for the world title match at day one?
1: It's got me very curious because this almost, I don't want to say guaranteed or cemented the fact that Bobby is turning baby face, but at the same time, it definitely all signs are pointing that way because even the way the match was structured, you know, Bobby coming in, getting the hot tag and doing the big comeback and the whole bit yeah. and getting the sympathy, the heat on Bobby, you know, it just, it screams to me that somehow he's going to end up as the baby face in this thing. And what, will it be an elaborate swerve with, at the end with MVP, not with uh, Seth and uh, KO, but you know what I mean? It's a, so I am interested because I, I normally I'm not a big fan of four ways, but I'm curious to see how this one goes. Uh, again, this is e- every man against each other as opposed to can they can't they all just get along in a tag match kind of thing. So I am I am I am curious.
2: Raj, can you co have you coexisted with us tonight? <laughs> we
0: have. I feel like we were able to coexist tonight. Uh I, 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 yeah I I'm yeah I'm intrigued because how violent that attack was almost made it feel like they were writing him out of a match like if you were gonna write someone out of a match that's how you do it but uh to to Jimmy's point it, what it seems like to me there's one raw left before day one probably Biggie gets beat down next week Lashley comes in makes the save big baby face now if that's the swerve that leads to day one and. Lashley ends up aligning with MVP. You know, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I, I'm interested to see where they go with it. I mean, they could have Lashley turn on Big E and win the title, and um, you know, then you got Big E versus Lashley and Big E doing a real chase because it's always weird when a, a babyface cashes in Money in the Bank on a heel and beats them when they're down.
2: So, yeah, I don't know. It, it it is and money in the bank is always a license to steal it's better for heels but like if biggie was to dr- biggie is a baby face if he was to drop the title at day 1 and then you try to have me buy in on a chase from like rumble to mania i me personally i'm not going to be as invested cuz like he's already it, but he's already been champion and, like i'm not i'm not going to buy in as much on the recapture right so i mean if they do choose to Swerve us, bro, and uh Lashley and MVP are fine, and Lashley is still on the heel side of the fence. I think they got to have another babyface lined up to challenge him. I don't. I don't think you can just give me Biggie chasing Lashley and make that be a quality mania build. I think that would be a a, a bit of a rehash. Right.
0: It so. would be, yeah, especially since they've done it, you know, a few times. They not They've done it on free TV. But, what do you do for mania? Do you do or maybe you do Lashley as a baby face because that that actually is new, and you have mm-hmm. Lashley as a baby face against someone
2: well uh, and then well, and then you have to factor in the the part time players. does right. Goldberg get a stake in mania? So he, did, did, got, he does
0: have a victory over Lashley, so you know
2: or or you know Big e has been requesting a Goldberg man, yeah, you know d- does Goldberg have a stake like yeah, that's the thing it's like that's what's intriguing is like, who's better to be the title holder for mania healer face. And then who do you have lined up for them for the marquee?
0: Especially exactly. since you had Lashley beat all of them last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's
2: where, where, where's Cena? what's, what's John's situation. Does Does he, can he come back and give a bump to Monday night's viewership?
1: Ex- exactly. And, and you got to remember they're, they're, they're in the stadium in Dallas for two nights. Yeah. Yeah. So they need some high profile, big name stars that, that, Outside of the current wrestling, I don't want to call it the bubble, but the current wrestling audience.
0: Oh, no, it's true. I mean, you know, I know people will complain about whenever they bring back Goldberg, but when people see him on the poster that don't watch wrestling anymore, like, oh, my gosh, Goldberg's still around? hes Is he wrestling? Oh, I might want to see that. Um, yeah. It, it does draw interest. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
2: All things to watch for. Uh, Back to the... Uh... Uh, back to this real quick, uh, Bmoney04, 04, dollars Super Chat uh, was there live, Bmoney was. And he says, uh, mentioned to Raj on Twitter, crowd was mostly dead, only really got up for Becky, Bianca, Edge, and Orton. And yeah, Becky wasn't booed. So Becky, the babyface in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, when you heard the boos for Becky at the end, and there's a lot of times where you could kind of tell it's piped in. But when you look at the crowd and you see they're not doing anything, <laughs> and then there's loud <laughs> boos. Um, you know,
1: you, you know what I find funny. I, all those years with, with, uh, for example, like Cena or, or even with Roman recently, when they were baby faces, and the, you know the crowd, people, oh, they're, they're forcing them down our throat, and uh, blah. We don't want the, you know, and now it's almost reversed. Oh, look at this! They're forcing a heel Becky down our throat. We don't want this. <laughs> I just, you know, funny. <laughs> you know the the
0: interesting role reversal there. The circle of wrestling.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Jimmy, when you're out there, especially if you're if you're refing a match between two characters who you know might be in a, in a delicate situation of where we're trying to gauge the audience or we're trying to sway the audience from your perspective you're you're watching the match, you're watching the two guys in the ring. obviously, you're watching their safety. you're trying to make sure the story's getting told. How much are you hearing how 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 much what what you were able to do with us tonight about? Live about Omas, you know, the Lashley, how much are you able to retain live or do you have to go to the back, take a breath and go back and watch it on TV later? Like how much of the live crowd are you retaining of like, Oh, wow, we're swaying this way or that way.
1: Believe it or not, it was, it, it was hit and miss. A lot of times I, I would tune out the live crowd, you know, and, and concentrate because as I, as I like to say, the referee's job is to help the talent tell their story. Right. So I'm, I'm invested in watching them and listening to them. And I want to pay attention to what they need me to do. And, you know, guys will tell you, okay, I need you to do this it, during the match. So I'm kind of focused there, but then you get into other matches. Like um, when well, I'll give you an example, uh, for example, uh, Kurt Angle versus Ray Mysterio at uh, SummerSlam. I think it was 2002 when they opened the show. What, what, I'm, the crowd was just on fire. You couldn't help, but hear them. And when I, over the years, when I'm noticing the crowd, then that means a lot because I don't, I don't focus on them. I don't intentionally listen for the crowd. I, I'm trying to concentrate on, like I said, helping the, the talent tell their story.
2: In those situations, that match in particular, like the, when you get to the back and, and, you, and you do your business, uh, does Ray or does Kurt, do they, do they say to you, did you hear what I was hearing? Yeah, no, they
1: would ask what's was it me? Was the crowd on fire? Oh, yes, they were. Or even for that match in particular, it was what? Man, they were into that match. And yes, they were. You couldn't help it. It's, it's kind of like uh, when I talked to Mike about uh, uh, Hogan and, and Rock at WrestleMania 18 here in Toronto. You couldn't help but notice it. it, it just, it's just overwhelming. And at times, it overtakes you. But at, most of the times, like I said, I don't focus on... On crowd reaction, I'm trying to, you know, focus yeah. on the twenty by twenty.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Very good insight by Jimmy joining us here tonight, uh, Anthony. y dollar ninety nine super chat? Brock wins rumble and chooses Lashley at Mania. Ooh, some fantasy booking here. Ooh.
0: I like it. It just doesn't seem like that's where they're headed. <laughs>
1: yeah. That'd be interesting. Two beasts. Uh, that- that would definitely have me interested, but I don't know if that's the direction it's going.
0: And for as long as they've been with the company, the fact that that match still hasn't happened, we've had Brock against Ricochet, you know, <laughs> when we haven't had Brock against Lashley. So,
1: you know what amazes me though? Because I was there when Bobby, you know, first came aboard. He still looks the same and it really bothers me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he looks better. Not fair. It's
1: not fair. I don't know. Yeah, it's not fair.
2: <laughs> yeah he looks better uh bobby lashley the uh he, he's he's his own his own freak of a specimen
0: never aging man
2: yeah, he's not all right that's going to do it tonight for raw and milwaukee uh again thanks to everybody who's uh, been with us live on youtube or twitch again if you choose to just not look at us and do the audio only we get it appreciate you uh consuming this podcast wherever you get your audio podcast at uh, like, share, comment. If you just tell one friend and they tell one friend, so on and so on. It does a lot of good. We really appreciate it again. Big thanks to Manscape for all of their support. Uh there's podcasts on Wrestling Inc. after NXT after eight. I'll be with you eight, uh, Wednesday night after AEW. There's well none f- non Friday. Not this Friday. Not, Not this, this Friday. Friday we're preempted
0: for we're two pre- weeks.
2: Preempted, but then you know again you have Raw, you have day one, all kinds of stuff. Wrestling Inc. is a place to be. Podcast, subscribe, like again, comment uh go to wrestling.com it's free it's a free website there's no paywall none of that nonsense you can see all the stories for free uh and, and read all what's going on uh jimmy it's been a treat to have you it's been so long since you and i got to do this has been a blast i hope we do it more often in 2022 please give a plug give a shout out give a sermon whatever you want to do the floor is yours
1: no I just uh thank you for having me uh, man this was a blast and great catching up with you again justin it, uh, it's just Awesome. And, and Raj, thank you for having me on here as well. You can catch me on my social media, as you can see there, at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, at Real Corderos at Instagram, on Facebook, uh, my social media platforms, where you can catch my weekday ref and rants, where I just give my little critique or little something that stood out to me that maybe I would like to see done differently, or sometimes just uh, every once in a while you get a little ref and respect too.
2: Hey, but, Jimmy, uh, I, keep, I keep plugging your book. It, it came out a couple of years ago, but it, where can people still purchase if, if they're looking for a stocking stuffer, or if they right. have a friend who's a, who's a wrestling fan, a last minute gift, where can they get this book?
1: The book, uh, um, well, if you're in Canada, Indigo, uh, their website has it, and also Amazon, Amazon for sure. Uh, yeah, Perfect. That's, that's where I see it, and speaking of stocking stuffers, I don't know if it's a little late, but you can get your Ref and rant t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com as well. Uh, they um, definitely a stocking stuffer if it's not any other <laughs> kind of stuffer
0: <laughs> and our schedules are all out of whack uh, but jimmy will be back here next week as well
1: yeah i will be back next week
2: for sure oh you're filling in for me <laughs> yeah. no i'm not hosting i can't well i'll be traveling raj what, what, what's good tell us what's good
0: Keep checking out Wrestling Inc. It's it's even with uh, the holidays, it's it's still super busy, tons of new content, tons of tons of articles. It never it never sleeps. It's just, you know, so keep checking out wrestling
2: very good very good uh i'll be back with you for the last time in 2021 wednesday night with myself and alfred will be talking aew dynamite uh lots to uh, unpack there uh and my last uh busted open on sirius xm appearance will be at some point in the next week and a half i'll tweet it out myself and Dave LaGreca will be talking the top 10 moments in pro wrestling of 2021 so we'll be uh besides for some debate good stuff there uh, again thanks to everybody for the comments the super chats again i can't stress like share comment do all those things it really helps to give us feedback on what you're enjoying what we can do more of uh thanks to everybody be safe if uh this is the last time i talk to you if you don't tune in on wednesday happy holidays be safe and we'll see you again the next time on wrestling inc Bye bye